Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you missed yesterday's podcast, please um, take the 16 minutes or whatever it was and go back and revisit it. We um, started on the subject of the Spirit, and I want to take this whole week. We've talked a lot about this over the year um, on the subject of the Spirit, but really to lay out some of these things and 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 go more in depth. So we're going to talk uh, again about being carnally minded versus being spiritually minded. You know, when you got born again, there's a the life of God came into your spirit. There's a book that I read um, from hundreds of years ago by a, a minister named Henry School, and it's called The Life of God in the Soul of Man. Salvation is really the life of God coming into our spirits. It's, it's, it's not just a, hey, I've decided to become a Christian so I can avoid hell. It's to be born again. It's, there's an actual life change. When people get born again, they may not feel any different, but it's a change of nature. You go from death to life. You go from sinner to saint. You go from, from, from uh, a child of disobedience to a child of God. And so what we have then is an ongoing battle. A battle of our spirit man, which is perfectly renewed, which is made in the image of God, and then the carnal nature, which really the, the, the zone of battle becomes our mind, right? People, people live and die by the, their theology. If you have the theology that God makes some people sick and teaches them lessons with sickness, then how are you ever going to really fight the devil on sickness if it's a possibility that God is using it? You know, and people mistake you know, God can make all th- turn all things around. You know, tragedy can strike a family and there can be a, a loved one that dies. You hear of people who have tragedy that strikes, right? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you hear of kids who die in families and, and just trauma that hits, right? And God can turn what the devil meant for harm and turn it around. God can use that. You look at Pastor Rodney and he says one of his greatest motivators is the fact that he made a pledge to God when his daughter died at the age of 18 for a, uh, um, uh, 1 billion souls and 100 million into world missions. I, I may be getting those numbers wrong, but um, uh, 100 million souls and a billion dollars into world missions. And so you have this pledge then that that becomes fuel for the fire. So, so, but there's people who would look at that and say, well, God took his child. And, and, and you've got to be able to draw the line and say, this is from God, 100%. There's no halfway. Oh, God kind of intended me to have this cancer that I've dealt with or this sickness or this disorder. And so people use that and then come up with bad theology. Paul's thorn in the flesh and just stuff that's that's not even biblical. That that word, just to answer to that Paul's thorn in the flesh, where it says there's a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me, that word messengers, all, it's never in the Bible used as a sickness. Every time in the Bible, it's used as a spirit, a demon, an, an actual entity. So this was, I believe, an, uh, a demon of persecution that was sent to buffet Paul to keep him. And the Lord told him when he called him that, that he'd suffer much persecution. But so you have, this, you have this battle that's going on between the flesh and the spirit. And so understanding that it's within your power to overcome the flesh, and you only do it by the spirit of God. The only way that you'll cease from sin is by living in the Spirit. The Bible says, if you live in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I want to read from Galatians 5, 
Verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. You know, the word yielding comes to mind. And if you're in traffic or if you're merging into traffic, there's a sign. If you're driving and you're merging into traffic, it says yield. What does that word mean? It doesn't necessarily mean slow. It doesn't necessarily mean speed up or slow down. It means match the pace of the traffic. So to yield to the Holy Spirit is to match the pace of the Holy Spirit. So for, for, for some people, it's speed up. For some people, it's slow down. There's times in bumper-to-bumper traffic where you're merging and you're going 45 and you got to come down to 25, right? And then there's times where you're going 45 and you got to get up to 75 because people are moving, right? It means yield, go with the flow of traffic. And so understanding that, that we have a battle of opposites going against each other. You have the flesh, which is, which is you have a carnal mind that needs to be renewed. You have a flesh, which, you know, so, so once you get born again, your desires, your fleshly desires don't just go away. You know, it'd be great if you gave your life to Jesus and then you're, you're, and then all of a sudden lust disappeared and, and you didn't look at people of the opposite sex anymore. And you didn't, you know, there were, you didn't think th- bad thoughts about people. Every thought you had was perfect love, right? You, 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 it would be great if that was the situation, but you're dealing with something different. Your spirit man's brand new but your mind still has to be renewed. And so there's a process that the Holy Spirit will take you through. But understanding that there's two opposing forces and you choose. I heard a minister say, and he's giving an altar call. He said, God voted for you. The devil voted against you. You cast the deciding vote. You choose the life that you live. You know, depression starts where people become self-focused. The devil, if he can have his way, will have you thinking about how bad of a person that you are. He'll have you replaying in your mind the times you messed up. You know what I see? It happens to people in teenage years where they get into a social situation and, and in their social situation, they're, they're awkward or they do something and then they think back, man, I, you know, there was that really uh, p- cool person that I wanted to impress and, and you know, I, I was an idiot and I acted stupid and then people laughed at me and they replay that and then they get sad and then they think about it and then they think, well, I'm awkward. And it's like people generate this identity from things that happen. The devil wants you to replay events that cause you depression. But the Bible says, forget, forgetting those things that lie behind. You know, you can short circuit thoughts of depression. You just cut them off and you say, I'm not thinking about those things. The Bible says, whatsoever things are pure, honest, of a good report, think of these things. Ask yourself, take account. What am I thinking about? Is it a good report? Are you replaying tragedy? This is what happens. People, people get, you know, there's, there's terrible things that happen, but people can live their whole life in, a, in an identity of something that happened 40 years ago. You know, there's children who get take advantage of, they get abused, but then their whole life they've been told, well, you know, I was abused as a child and they take their identity as like, I'm damaged goods where, where people were made to recover and especially with the help of God, you know, the gospel there gives you a fresh start. And so people who've had, yes, you may have done terrible things. You may have lived in a homosexual lifestyle. You may have, you know, committed people, you may have slept around and now you're not, you know, want to get married and you're not avert. You know, there's all these things that come into play and the devil wants you to focus on what's wrong with you. But you start by saying, no, I'm a child of God. And you start by thinking things that are pure. And so this is what it means to be minded of the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will never lead you. This is how you tell it's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is an encourager. The Holy Spirit is there to encourage you. Now, He does convict. He will convict you of sin, 
but he doesn't deal with condemnation. I've said this before, but I know this will help people. Condemnation comes after you repent. Conviction comes before you repent. And so you can tell the difference. If you sin, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. And you say, man, I messed up. Father, I'm so sorry. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Forgive me. Help me not to do that again. And then the condemnation comes. Yeah, you're terrible. You just keep falling into sin. You'll always be a sinner. You should feel bad. I can't believe you're even going to church. I can't believe you act like you love the Lord. You know, other people, they're rejoicing. You're just fake. You know, the devil's going to come. And he's going to try to give you his best sales pitch on why you need to feel guilty for the next two days and why you're not a real Christian and why you can't, you know, you'll never cut out for this. And you're the only one that does this. He wants you to make you, make you feel like you're alone. And he's going to have a sales pitch every time. But you choose. No. Listen, the moment you say, Jesus, forgive me, ask God to grace you. God, grace me to never do that again. Give me strategies to overcome sin. But God says, repent so that times of refreshing can come. You know what's supposed to follow repentance? Times of refreshing in the anointing. You're not supposed to go two or three days that you can't get in the presence of God because you sinned. And it doesn't mean that you can easily sin just so you can, oh, you know, I'm practicing sinning so I can get out of this and, and not deal with condemnation. No, you fight against sin. You fight against sin lifestyle, the lifestyle of sin. But you, but you don't let the condemnation of the devil. And so there's the Holy Spirit will encourage you. He's never going to let you, make you feel lesser than yourself. Oh, I had a dream last night, and I think it's a dream that God gave me. But in the dream, I was dying. That's not God. You know, in the dream, I died, and I think God's trying to teach me a lesson. Listen, if you've turned your back on the Lord, the Lord may send a preacher, may send somebody to swiftly warn you. But if you still love the Lord, the Lord will warn you, but he's not going to warn you in a dream where you wake up terrified. That's not how this works. If you wake up and the Lord showed you something about somebody, and you're ready to pray, and there's a burden to pray, that's probably the Lord. But if it brings in condemnation and discourages you, that's not the Lord. And that's why, that's why competition and comparison is not from the Lord. The Lord, comparison is, is not, because comparison ruins brotherhood. You know, you could be serving the Lord and you could be doing great and you're winning souls and you're a committed soul winner. And then you hear someone else won a hundred souls and you've won eight. And you're like, man, what's wrong with me? You know, let other people's lives inspire you, but don't compare. Because then you're going to like that person less and you're going to feel worse about yourself. Man, you won eight souls. That's awesome. Most Christians have never won a single soul. Praise God. Go win more. Let the Lord lead you. You know, the Lord will lead you to the right people. But there's this battle that goes on. So it says, so we know that if you walk in the Spirit. So we're going to take a day and we're going to talk about that, how to walk in the Spirit. But God gives you weapons but it's choosing to think the thoughts. And the number one, please hear me, the number one way you know the thoughts of the Spirit is to read the Word of God. The Word of God is the way that you renew your mind. You make, renew means to make new again. You can make your mind new. You know, one thing I noticed is that God, the Word, there can be movies that you've seen, there can be images that you've seen, there can be things in your head, there can be relationships that you've had, that the Word of God will actually cleanse your mind. It'll wash your mind clean. It's the washing of the water of the word. The Lord will give you an innocent mind again through the word of God. That's the power of the, of the word of Jesus Christ. The, the Holy Spirit, by the word, sanctifies people. That means he cleanses them. You know, the Bible says that it'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there's, there's, a, there's a mental, there's things people have in their mind that God will cleanse out of your mind. And you may not even notice because you don't know what you don't know anymore, right? You don't, you don't remember what you don't remember anymore. Because if you, you know what I mean. 
But thank the Lord. There are already thoughts that you used to think that you're not thinking anymore because you're spending time in the Word. Praise the Lord. I, you know, there was a time in my life where I was, my mind wasn't at rest, and now my mind's at peace. And I praise the Lord for that. But you choose to be minded to what the Spirit says. So it's really thought replacement. You know, really what it is, is it's, it's like the analogy of the two dogs. You have, you have the flesh and you have the spirit. Well, you really have three dogs. You have the flesh, you have the soul, you have the spirit. But for argument's sake, let's say two. You have the, the life of the spirit and then you have everything else, which is the soulish, fleshly realm, right? And the one that you feed more is going to win. And so if you spend your hours, you know, whatever it is, TV, reading books that, don't, that are garbage, you know, people just light reading. Oh, I'm going to read the Twilight series. You fool your mind with garbage. You end up with these crazy dreams. You know, when people say, Pastor Ryan, I've been having these weird dreams. I say, what are you doing? What are your inputs? Are you playing a lot of video games? People, I've had these crazy dreams, these demonic dreams. What have you been doing? I've been playing Call of Duty, the zombie mode. How long did you play? A couple hours? That is your problem. You, you, you play zombie video games for a few hours. You're going to have weird dreams. Facts. You read the Twilight series. You're going to have weird dreams. Facts. You read the Bible, and, and the devil still may try to come. But you give it time. You fill your heart with the word. You fill your mind with the word. Things will begin to change. And so, t- so when, we, when we aim to please God in our thinking, God honors that. Romans 8, 7 says, for to be, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is neither s- not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Romans 1 is actually a very telling um, uh, chapter, Romans 1. And it talks about people who turn their heart, turn away from God. And so I'm going to read here, verse, says, verse 28, it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then it goes down, being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness. So what happens is, is so it says here, verse 21, because when, this is uh, Romans 1, 21, because then wh- that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. You know, what happens is people allow their thought life to drift away from God. When people backslide, it's first in their thought life. Usually it comes from hurt. You know, these people, I don't want to be like them. They see people in the church and they think that person's, you know, you have extreme people in the church and if someone, I just don't want to be anything like them. And so they distance themselves. But then usually it's problems with authority when there's something that they, some social issue that they disagree with. And then all of a sudden in their imaginations, they give themselves over to be, and then what happens? It starts in their imagination and then it says, that their foolish heart was darkened. It, it settles down. What you think about will settle into your heart. And so if you're thinking good thoughts, man, I'm blessed of the Lord. I'm strong and I'm getting stronger. I'm full of the life of God. That's going to affect your spirit. You look at people who walk in victory and they've allowed their thoughts to line up with God's word and it's affected their spirit. Man, I'm full of the life of God. I expect the life of God to flow through me. Jesus is my healer. God is my father. I'm rich and getting richer. You, 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 you fill your spirit with the word. You fill your mind with the word. You see people walking in victory and they've got victory in their mind. 
And then you see people. You can look at someone and tell they're depressed, and you can tell their thought life's not wrong. If you could catalog their thoughts over 24 hours, most of it. And you t- make no mistake about it. If you hear anything I say today, you choose your thoughts. You know, there's thoughts that the Bible says casting down vain imaginations. You choose what you think. And so this is where you, you let the word of God come into your spirit. And you t- by your spirit, you tell your mind what to think. I watched this documentary about this marathon runner. And he said, running is more mental. It's more about the heart and the mind than it is about the body. And he said, you've got to tell your mind what to think. If you don't r- rule your mind, your mind will rule you. So people focus on the negative. You know, I was, I was thinking today, I was like, I need to r- write in my phone parental and, and uh, marriage advice that people gave me that was totally garbage. This is what people say. Get your sleep now. You know, you, you, you're going to have a baby. Get your sleep now. Like what? Like somehow I'm going to, uh, me sleeping nine, 10 hours a night now is going to make up for when I'm not sleeping. You know, and then for, secondly, um, the baby sleeps fine. He sleeps longer than I do. He goes to bed at 10. He wakes up at 10. And he eats probably at eight or seven and then goes to sleep for another two or three hours. But then he was born. They're like, well, you just got to sleep when he sleeps. Well, he's my son when he was born was sleeping 20 hours a day. So you want me to sleep when he sleeps? People just say stuff. They look for the negative. Everything changes when you have a baby. You know, you got to everything changes. You don't you can't do what you want to do. I'm not I'm not a selfish person. So it's been, it's been easy. Sure, there's been some interruptions. There's times where I want to do a podcast and then I have to ask my wife or she's wanting to do something and I'm holding the baby and maybe there's times where I'd like to be reading, but I have to listen to audio instead because I can't hold him and do it at the same. But it's a joy. People scan for negatives. People scan for negatives. But you choose. What does the word say about today? Well, my Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made, so I will rejoice. So you as a believer have a reason to rejoice every day simply because the word of God says so. And so the first thing you do is you just agree. Lord, I thank you. I may not feel like rejoicing, but God, this is the day you've made. So Lord, I praise you. Lord, you're wonderful. Thank you for making me and thank you for saving me. Lord, I'd rather die poor with no arms, no feet, and no face and go to heaven than be the richest person, best, most good looking person on planet earth and go to hell. Lord, thank you for your mercy. <laughs> You, you, just, you, you find ways to rejoice. You think thoughts along the word of God. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Think life thoughts. I love you. God bless you. I believe in you. Have a good day.